0: Welcome to the Everyday Extraordinary Podcast, where every week I interview a different amazing person who will share about their life journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. I'm excited to share with you everyday people living their lives with purpose, perspective, and positivity. And my hope is that in hearing these stories, you'll view your own story as extraordinary too. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and I am so excited to get started. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number eight of the Everyday Extraordinary Podcast. It's Jessica. And boy, do I have an amazing episode for you today. A few months ago, I had the privilege of meeting Kelly Mindell at Awesome with Allison's podcast tour in LA. And we were talking backstage before the show started. And she started sharing with me more about her adoption journey and Growing her family and growing her business and using her platform for good and for you know an ever-evolving purpose. And I just thought, wow, what an extraordinary person. And so I knew I wanted to have her on, and she graciously made time for the podcast. And so today we're talking about that same journey with all of you. She is so full of life and just so vibrant and such a force for good. I'm so excited for you to hear more about the details of her extraordinary journey. So let's get to it with Kelly Mandel of Studio DIY. All right, I am so excited to be chatting with Kelly Mendell today. Hi, Kelly.
1: Hi. How are you? I'm doing good, how are you?
0: Good. People may know you better online as Studio DIY, and now you're Arlo's mom. And so I'm sure that's also an identity that people know you for because, boy, is he a showstopper.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yes, he is the absolute best. He's so much fun and
0: uh, best best role of a lifetime, right? Amazing. It is. It is. And we're going to talk about how you got to that point in your journey today on the show. So I'm just really grateful for this chance to chat. But for people that may not know you yet, they will after this. Will you just share a little bit about you and your background?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I am Kelly Mendel. I run a DIY lifestyle brand called Studio DIY. Um, so it started with a blog uh, where I shared all sorts of colorful, um, mostly parties um, and other kind of DIYs and recipes related to Events and holidays, Um, and then over the years, I've branched into more overall lifestyle content, so I share about our family, our home, some fashion, a lot of fun mommy and me stuff, Uh, and then we also, in the last, let's see, two and a half years, have branched into products, so now we have a clutch subscription um, with all different kinds of colorful monthly clutches and a few other fun products products in the works
0: too. So awesome. And you are just so colorful and fun and happy. I'm dying to know your 13 year old self version of Kelly. (laughs) What did you think you were going to be when you grew up?
1: Oh my gosh. I feel like I've been through it all. So I feel like there was like three major categories. One was animals. I really loved animals. I wanted to be a veterinarian until I realized that I don't like needles and anything medical. So it didn't really work out that way. Um, And then I really wanted to be a dancer until I realized that as much as I love to dance, I don't really have any rhythm. So that didn't really work
0: out. A rude awakening. A rude awakening. So
1: that's a really fun hobby. Um, And then – You know, the largest part, probably from about the time I was 13, is I wanted to do something creative. I kind of cycled through fashion designer, interior designer, um, more of a wedding designer, and then stumbled into this blogging quote influencer creative world where I realized that I always loved crafts I always joke I have four brothers um they're much older than me so I kind of grew up uh going to all their different games and all their different sports events I did not get the athletic gene I just sat and cheered them on but my mom always had really fun um Crafts for me to do while we were there. And I just had always loved doing different craft projects. My mom sews a lot, so I learned to sew. Um, And I kind of had this realization in college, I guess it was, that I could actually turn crafting into a career.
0: Wow. And
1: now here I
0: am. Well, and that's the thing in this day and age, in 10 years, if I were to say, What do you want to be doing in 10 years? Like you probably can't even fully picture it because there's going to be opportunities that exist and jobs and things and and mediums that literally don't exist right now, you know? And so how do you plan, as a creative mind, I'm sure you're always churning for, you know, what's next and and what's the next thing. How do you plan, but also keeping kind of an open fist to those those dreams and how they have to look, you know what I mean?
1: Totally. I'm all about trying to diversify at this point, right? Because we have no idea—like, no one really knows what happens when a when a blogger or an influencer, um, content creator, whatever term you like, does this for thirty something years. Because even the people that have been doing it for the longest have been doing it for what, maybe fifteen years. Right.
0: Max? Will, will there be sixty-year-old so influencers? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so nobody really knows, you know, where this path will go, what it will involve, evolve into. I know there's a lot of talk right now about influencers kind of becoming the next brands, like branching into products and other forms of media. Um, so I think I just try, I'm trying more now to start diversifying the, uh, the things I do. Um, so I don't want my eggs in one basket because nobody really knows mm-hmm. where this is headed.
0: Yeah, I don't like that. Like, I don't like, I don't like not knowing things. So that kind of stresses me out.
1: Yes, I have <sighs> a, like definition of a control freak, so the <laughs> unknown doesn't go well for me.
0: So, uh, but do you think so, this? P- I don't know. Yeah, do you think so, this path of uncertainty though? has afforded you the ability to kind of refine those parts of yourself that are a little bit more kind of rigid and controlling and things like that? And have you seen that evolution of yourself in in a good way?
1: Absolutely. I think I'm on an ever, never ending path of learning to not need so much control over everything. And this career has definitely brought that. I mean, when I started, the reason it's called Studio DIY is because I thought I was going to open an in-person craft studio Um, and that the website was just going to be kind of like a fun side from that or marketing tool mm-hmm. and then lo and behold the website aspect took off the blog took off and blog you know blogs became bigger and bigger businesses um and so the studio kind of fell off and then I was really focused on just events and parties um and then I realized that my audience wanted to hear more about me and the person behind all of those parties so then I changed into talking more about that and I think everything has led me closer and closer to feeling like I'm finding, you know, my purpose in this whole thing. I think when I first started and when I was trying to figure out like, you know, what am I doing? What am I contributing to the the world? What is my overall greater goal here? And I think the only way I've discovered that has been kind of like letting go and letting the path letting myself just kind of follow this path and not really knowing where I'm gonna end up. But I've realized that it's taking me to a much better place than I thought it was. So it's been it's been a, a fun ride.
0: That's really powerful. And I'm sure there's people listening who can identify with that. You know, maybe in the throes of it, they're like, is this what I'm supposed to do? This isn't how I thought it would look and things like that. But then they get to that next season and they could see all the preparatory work that kind of was the vehicle to get them to where it was. Yeah. So it was never about the in-person building. It was about what that was gonna teach you and and giving that momentum to ultimately continue on this path. And you're not even there yet. Like, you're in a great place now, but imagine. Like, the world is just an unlimited, uh, you just have unlimited potential, which is so exciting. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in real quick and thank one of our show sponsors, and that is Grove Collaborative might be wondering what is grove well grove is america's largest independent natural product company where not a single product or ingredient they sell has been tested on animals and they're planting one million trees by the end of 2020 If you know anything about me, you know we just moved into a new home and we have been looking to clean up the toxins and what we bring into the home and all these things and cleaners are a number one culprit. And so grove.co is where you're going to go to find these products. They make shopping for natural products so easy. You don't need to search for the local stores hoping they carry what you want or worry you're overpaying for organic this or that or the other thing grove.co.co is the only site you need to go to to get organic, eco-friendly, and sustainable products from top brands like 7th Generation, Dr. Bronner, and Mrs. Myers. I got a set that included Mrs. Myers products, and boy do I love them. Here's a little life hack. So we have three bathrooms in our home, and I was taking one bathroom cleaner to all three bathrooms when I was cleaning them. No, now I keep roll of paper towels that I also got from Grove, Mrs. Meyer's cleaner that I also got from Grove in the bathroom and so then when I'm in there I can just do a quick wipe over and doesn't feel like as big of a deal schlepping all the cleaners all over the house so just a little fun fact about how we're cleaning in the Dahlquist home So you can start right now and get a free $30 Mrs. Myers gift set at grove.co slash EEP with your first order. This is a special offer just for our listeners to get a free $30 Mrs. Myers gift set at grove.co slash EEP. grove.co slash EEP. I'd love for you to take advantage of this offer and really test out these products and how convenient Grove truly is. Thank you so much to Grove for sponsoring this podcast. Now let's get back to it with Kelly. It's yeah.
1: really exciting. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So you do so many things in your job right now. What is the part of your job that absolutely lights you up? Like what do you really love doing the most in this current season?
1: So I used to say that I got into DIY and crafts because I love figuring stuff out like that's really the part that I love I love like figuring out how to make something work or solve a problem um, And I, I was always like oh I could totally be like a private investigator instead <laughs> like I still get the same goal of figuring something out but it wouldn't be quite as creative um, in the same way so I always joked about that so if you asked me a few years ago I would have said that the I love the like problem solving and just like seeing it come from beginning to to end in a project. But more recently, I think what I've really loved is the community that I have connected with. Um, As I've started to share more about myself and our story of infertility and adoption, um, and just my career journey, and more recently, I've decided to take a step back a bit from this empire-growing Um, track I was on to focus a little more on family and I've just really found an amazing community around me in all of those um, different hardships and journeys I've taken and interacting with them and getting personally finding comfort and camaraderie in that but also knowing and, and hearing people that I've inspired them to adapt or to take a different path or to wear more color or whatever it might be. Um, That really is what keeps me going and what gets me excited about, you know, quote going to work every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think there's something so powerful in realizing, I mean, there's so many people in the world and there's so many different personalities online that we follow and things like that. And sometimes they're saying similar things and sometimes it's different, but for the people that, you know, you might feel like, well, there's a lot of other people in this space like doing something similar, but there's only one you and, and there's a way that your story and your voice and your contributions can speak to an individual in a way that nobody else can. And I love how you've allowed your platform to kind of evolve and and like you mentioned down a path that's quite personal of infertility and adoption and everything and you know, kind of going back to what we said before, you probably would have never dreamed you would end up posting that kind of stuff on this craft forum. Right. So let's dive into that. Let's let's go there. Tell me how you envisioned your family unfolding and, and how did it?
1: So I have always wanted to be a mom. I love my career, but if you ever asked me, like, what I wanted to do in life, it was to be a mom. That has just been something I always wanted to do. Um, I met my husband, Jeff, in high school, and we, one of the things we bonded over is just how badly we both wanted to be parents, um, which is not, I feel like, a common thing that high school relationships... Really?
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, we both just love kids, could not wait to be parents. Um, so that was like our number one priority. And we've been together now for 13 years, maybe. Um, and we kind of saw ourselves through finishing high school and through college um, and got married. And then as soon as we were married, we were like, we can, we're going to have kids. Like it's time. Let's do it. Um, and so we started down that path. Now for us, um, kids were always a conversation, even in a bigger way, because we knew that it might be difficult for me to have kids. So I, backstory, um, had stomach cancer when I was 13. Um, and I had a really big surgery, um, which I won't go into all the details of because it's like a whole long complicated thing unless you want me to (laughs) Uh, I had a big surgery and I basically have a really hard time gaining weight Um, and I have a lot of nutrition deficiencies and whatnot now and so even though the doctors always were like oh because I always ask even at 13, I was very focused on having kids. And I was like, is this going to affect my ability to have kids someday? And they would always be like, oh, no, we don't see any reason why it would. But I just always had a feeling in the back of my mind that all of this certainly wouldn't make it easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when, you know, Jeff and I were talking about it, since it was such a priority, we kind of always had to have our options open. I always was like, you know, it might not be easy, I might not be able to get pregnant, we may need to look into other ways of growing our family, and we both agreed that we, it didn't matter how we became parents, we just wanted to be parents. So whether that was through conceiving naturally, or through fertility treatments, or through a surrogate, or through adoption, um, we were open to everything. And so we obviously started just trying to see if we could conceive naturally, it didn't Go well. Um, and so we started down the fertility path. Um, and we were so much younger than most of the people that were in the fertility office. And the doctors were, would always be like, oh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to get pregnant. Well, this will be easy kind of mentality. And then um, we did a few – I guess we did one treatment – uh, and I, they told me it didn't work. And then a few months later, it turns out it did work, and I actually was pregnant. Um, but it was not a viable pregnancy. So that was my first miscarriage that I had. Um, and that was kind of when I first opened up, I think, online, sharing that. Because uh, it just felt weird for me to be sharing so much happiness and then, you know, behind the scenes going through something
0: Mm -hmm. that hard and what Um, was the response that you received
1: it was an amazing response I mean the I think not enough people talk about how common miscarriage is Mm -hmm. it's so common and so many people reached out and shared their stories with me and that was really wonderful because I think if you talk to anyone who's had a miscarriage everybody says how isolating it is Um, Even if you're telling people, it still feels very isolating, Hmm. Um, especially because I feel like the second you have a miscarriage, all you see is everybody that's pregnant. Yeah. And that's all you see and you focus on. And it's so hard to get past that because you're happy for everybody else, but you're so sad
0: Hmm. for yourself. Um, And I feel like there's such different rules, too. Like, nobody knows how to respond. Like, some people are like, oh, but it's so early. And and people, like, justify it that way. And then some people treat it like a a life and a a baby that you lost. And so everyone kind of plays by a different set of rules and so nobody knows how to do it. So then people stay quiet because you're not supposed to say anything until you're 12 weeks. And gosh, what a a load to carry on your own because it is a loss. It's a huge loss. And especially for your first where you didn't know how this was going to unfold. That probably had to rock you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always had said... To Jeff, I was like, I am a hundred percent prepared to not get pregnant. Like I prepared myself for that. And then I, the one thing I said, I was like, I don't know that I am prepared to get pregnant and then lose the baby. Mm. As that like, just was not something that I really thought about. For me, it was like black or white. Either I can get pregnant and have a baby or I can't. And mm. we just closed that door. So that in between where I could get pregnant and I did end up having a second miscarriage, I think about nine months later, Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't seem to stay pregnant. That was really, really hard Hmm. because I'm very, very goal oriented and I'm very competitive, which sounds like a weird thing to say. (laughs) I'm not competing with anyone trying to get pregnant, but myself. And the, the fact that I couldn't quote win or, you know, cross the finish line on that was really, really hard for me um, to deal with.
0: Yeah. You were doing your part. So why, why didn't it work? Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just talked to somebody else, um, this morning in an interview about anticipatory grief. And I never really heard that term before, but I would imagine it was in a different context, but that it would also occur with miscarriages. If you've gone through a loss, you see the positive pregnancy test the next time. Did yeah. you kind of vacillate between those feelings of excitement and, and hope and then yeah. also, I better not get too attached?
1: Absolutely. You, have your, you really have your guard up. Wow. Nothing is ever exciting, even if, you know, things are looking good on the scans you do in between treatments or if you get that positive test, there's always that thought in the back of your mind of of what if or, you know, it mm. happened, something bad happened before, it could happen again.
0: Mm. Um
1: So absolutely. I totally relate
0: to that. Yeah. hard. And I think it does help to have like a label of like, this is what, this is the type of of anxiety I'm feeling and you can can be excited and nervous and have that grief at the same time. Very difficult. Very difficult. I wanted to jump in and thank another show sponsor and that is Instacart. Raise your hand if you love going grocery shopping. Raise your hand if you like going grocery shopping with your kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can think of a lot of other ways I'd rather spend my time. And thankfully, Instacart has the solution to helping me to save time and still get my groceries. The benefits of Instacart include getting groceries delivered in as little as an hour or at a time that works with your schedule. You can literally get groceries delivered from your favorite national and local retailers. And you don't have to sit in traffic looking for parking spots or unbuckle and rebuckle your kids 100 times on your errands. It is so simple. All you have to do is get the app or go to instacart.com and shop the groceries you need from your favorite local retailers. Your personal shopper will shop for you, gather your groceries, and then deliver it to your door. They keep hot items hot and cold items cold. And we had the flu last week and Instacart was a lifesaver for those essentials in our home. So I would love for you to give Instacart a try for free delivery on your first order. To get this limited time offer, go to instacart.com or download the mobile app and enter my promo code EEP. Get your free Instacart delivery today at instacart.com or download the mobile app and don't forget to enter my code EEP. That's instacart.com or through the mobile app with my code EEP. Thank you so much, Instacart, and I can't wait to hear all your success stories, and you'll be thanking me. (laughs) Let's get back to it. And so after that second loss, what did you guys decide to do to proceed?
1: So after that one, our doctors kind of sat us down, and they were like, you're really young, so we feel like now we can give it one more try, but if something happens, then we need to really look into doing a bunch of tests to find out why, and then probably pursue the IVF path. So that was kind of what was laid in front of us. And so we ended up going on um, a weekend trip for work, and that was when we really talked everything out. And we were looking at this door of, of IVF and more tests and more needles and more heartache, and that's kind of what we related to the fertility route at that point it was just hard and heartache and I with my second miscarriage I thought it was ectopic so I ended up in surgery and because of my medical history surgery is a lot more complicated for me so it was very traumatic and so now trauma was attached to that too Mm -hmm. so then we kind of circled back and we were like wait but we always said we were open to other paths like adoption and we kind of put it aside because it just felt like the natural first step in growing a family for us just felt like well we'll just try it, we'll just try biologically first. So we put this other option aside and then um, we decided to bring it back and we had I had had an acquaintance who I was just friends with on Facebook we hadn't seen each other in years and a few months before that she had Posted that she adopted. And I was like, and she was kind of the first person that I really saw that had adopted. Um, that was, you know, a friend and not somebody who had adopted somebody that was our age that we like grew up with or something like that. And so I, we talked about it and we were like, why do we keep going? down this path of heartache for us when there's this other path that we looked at her story and it was filled with so much hope and excitement and we we just felt so much hope looking towards that adoption door. So we decided on that trip to officially close the door um, to fertility treatments and we said we could always go back if we want to um, and we decided to really go down the adoption route and I reached out to her to my friend or acquaintance at the time now friend um and I was like can I just pick your brain I don't know how many people who have adopted and I have so many questions and I really feel like it's the right path for us but we just don't there's so many unknowns
0: Mm. um do you remember like your Sorry, do you remember, like, your top three questions? Like, what were your main concerns or or need for clarification when you started out on this road? Because I'm sure there's people listening who are curious or maybe are, are considering this as well.
1: Absolutely. I think most of our questions revolved around the relationship with a birth parent, birth mother or birth father, um, with the birth family because that just felt like – There were just so many unknowns and so many differences, and we knew just from seeing various things that no two adoptions were the same, Um, but what does that look like, and what does the relationship look like? Is it more common for adoptions now to be open or closed, and what does that mean, and how do you navigate this complicated, yet now we know so beautiful relationship uh, with somebody who gives you the greatest gift of all time um, so that I think was where a ton of our questions were probably the majority of them because that just felt like the one thing that people don't really talk about either like mm-hmm. if you meet anyone who lets you, who tells you that they've adopted and rightfully so the story of the birth family isn't really brought in the conversation. And now being an adoptive parent, I completely understand that because that's not really the adoptive parent's story to tell, mm. uh, which is why it's not really talked about. But when you're going into it, it's really hard to wrap your head around all those unknowns and such a, a close relationship that will inevitably unfold.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think that is really important to highlight. And we, we, Every time we talk about adoption on the podcast, we really try and um, celebrate and esteem a birth parent that makes this really hard decision because here you are on this end trying to grow your family in whatever way possible and you have the love to give and the home and you are ready and it takes their bravery and willingness to accept what is and to, re- to make that choice to then offer you that gift. But then at the same exact time that they can feel good, that they are making a choice to, to offer their child to a loving family forever, there's also that grief that goes Absolutely. with them and that loss that goes with them. And so I think it's really important to recognize both sides of that and to be very sensitive um, to that and recognize what a hero they are in, 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 this, in this situation
1: absolutely uh it's uh, adoption brings every emotion all in one uh -hmm. one package so it and there is there's a lot of grief there's a lot of trauma involved in it there's a lot of happiness and joy and excitement there's all of it all wrapped into one and and the emotions Nobody in the situation, not the adoptive parent, not the adoptee, and not the birth family owns that emotion. Mm -hmm. Everybody shares a variety of different emotions in their own way, and that is what makes the relationship so complex and, and so hard to share without invading or not considering another part of the relationship's privacy.
0: Right, yeah, that would be, and again, that isolating word comes back, right? And so that does make you, like, only you and them really understand the dynamic of what's going on. And there's other people that will probably have opinions and may make comments or think they know better, you know. But everyone's path is just their own. So giving, yeah, the space for for whatever, however you want that to look, that relationship to look, I think is really powerful. So so you started marching down this path and… How did that happen for you, Kelly?
1: We ended up working with the same team that our friend uh, worked with. So we decided to work with an adoption attorney, uh, not a specific agency. We worked with an attorney and a consultant. So what that means is our consultant, I kind of, I've never worked with a doula, obviously, but I kind of liken it to that where she was kind of our um, our right-hand person that, personally took us through the adoption journey. Hmm. So she had been through it herself. Um, so she could really speak to that and she helped us with, um, outreach with, uh, for lack of a better term, marketing, Mm -hmm. uh, with getting, with how we would present our profile book. Um, and once we got further down the path, she helped, kind of give light from a personal standpoint to what the hospital might look like um, for an adoptive parent.
0: I can only imagine, I can only imagine how aesthetically pleasing your book would have been. (laughs) (laughs) It was very colorful. Very colorful. I love it.
1: (laughs) Uh, So it was fun. I mean, we have to our advantage that we talk about ourselves and take photos of ourselves for a living, so it was really easy for us to open up and share our story in the form of a book, or we also had an online platform, Uh, so we had definitely a leg up in that, and just it was easy for us to open up because we already do that, and we already were very open people to begin with, whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of people do struggle with that, and I think that's totally valid if you're not used to sharing your life with Strangers, for you know, absolute strangers. It's really hard to put down on paper and in photos how you'll be as a family. It's very personal.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, once that book got out into the world, and you started, you know, pursuing that, how quickly did did that all happen?
1: So we started the process um in August of 2016. Uh, we finished our home study in on Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, ironically, I love Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we finished it on Halloween of 2016. So that was a couple months later. And then we were officially matched with our son's birth mother uh, at the end of January 2017, beginning of February, right around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was born March 18th of 2017. So we had about five weeks I guess it was more like early February that we finally matched we had about five weeks that we had to prepare for Mm -hmm. him officially
0: tell me about meeting (laughs) meeting your son your long-awaited son that was meant for you and your husband
1: it was an amazing and emotional experience we were very lucky that his birth mother was here in California, so we got to be there for the birth. Um, I got to be in the room and cut the cord. I got to really literally watch him come into the world, which was unbelievable. Um, and Jeff got to be in the next room and hear his first cries. Mm. Um, so we really were lucky in just every sense of the word in our journey. I feel like we had a, a really... Perfect adoption story, Um, as perfect as it can be. But I think that being in that room and feeling all the emotions, there were just so many. And I tried to hold it together as much as I could while I was in there and be strong. And then at one point, I stepped out to go see Jeff and give him an update and just completely lost it. Mm. Because I just, you don't know how to process it being one person's hardest day of their life and then our best day of our lives mm. all at once. That there's such contrasting stories that are so intertwined and it's, it's a lot to, to go through while this you know, tiny, beautiful new life sits there. So, uh, it's just hard to put into words, but it was it was really amazing and we're really lucky that we had the hospital that we were at was incredibly supportive, the staff was amazing, and of course our little first mother. I mean we have nothing but just respect and we're just constantly in awe of her.
0: Such a beautiful, beautiful story. I hate to even cut in, but I did want to thank our last show sponsor and that is TurboTax. You know what is not fun? Tax season It's never fun. And as soon as you get it all done and you feel relieved, then it seems like it just comes up again. Well, it's nice to have a helping hand, and TurboTax is the answer to all of your problems. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your tax return with you before you file and make sure you get your maximum refund. They can go through your work line by line, make sure you didn't miss anything, and you can have the confidence and peace of mind that you did it all right. So TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. You can check all those details out at TurboTax.com. We used TurboTax this year and I'm so glad that we used them and I'm so glad that it's done. So thanks so much to TurboTax for sponsoring the show. Now let's finish up our conversation with Kelly. And so one of your concerns and questions going into this was about the relationship and stuff. So do you have a relationship with her currently?
1: Absolutely. We do. Mm. Um, we have a great relationship. We talk often um, and we get to see her so she can see Arlo, which is amazing. Uh, we don't share a ton of details um be- about her, of course, because it's um it's her it's not our story to share and it's Arlo's story, and we try to be really mindful of that and anything that we share. I try to share just from my perspective because I feel like that's the story that I can share, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but all of our questions, it's so funny looking back now, and I think one of the, the best things that our consultant said to us when we were kind of asking these really kind of hard and negative questions about relationships with birth parents and being like, but what about this? What if this happens? And what if they do this? And our And the consultant was like, the the goal with adoption with this process that you're going through is that you meet your match literally like it's not just a match just that word wasn't just pulled out of thin air you want to meet your match and where you both align in many ways hmm. with the communication that you want to have or with the personalities or the relationships um that you hope to have in the future there you're not trying to butt two heads up against each other this is all you're all joining together for the same cause and for the benefit of this child uh, which i thought was a really wonderful way to put it that we're not there's no competition and there's no um there's no need for these negative like negative feelings and and questions to come up that we were bringing up and now i look back at all of that and i just laugh because the relationship is just so different than I feel like what they would, what we thought or were afraid it could be.
0: Mm. Right. And you're spending a lot of time and energy when you put too much emphasis on the what ifs versus yes. just the energy into what is, right? Yes. Yeah. It's hard to be, it's, it's hard to do that, but it's good. It's good to be mindful of it <laughs> and to try harder, right? Yeah. Yes, oh, so good. I know that um, people can often be afraid to ask the wrong questions or say the wrong thing um, with situations like adoption. So do you want to share anything that you would advise people not to say or to say or to do um, in regards to adoption, just to kind of educate the listener and myself?
1: One thing that I have been – I've been doing a lot of research. I feel like I went into adoption really – Quote, prepared, but I don't think you can really prepare yourself for it until you're in it. And so i I'm just continuously researching and, and trying to learn from not just adoptive parents, but birth parents and adoptees. Um, and I think it's really important to one, respect the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that everybody's really curious because everybody just wants to ask all the questions and know why and this and that. But I think, unless you're incredibly close with somebody before you ask the questions think about how that story is very private mm. um, and how it may not be anyone's place to learn some of the information people want to ask like the why mm-hmm. or the what is that relationship like things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so I think hold back a bit and more so unless you really have like unless you really have a close relationship don't ask those questions I think and that maybe sounds harsh but I think that people often have to come up with these answers that they don't need to be sharing it's Mm. very private information um and the other thing that I've been thinking a lot about is this aspect of of the savior aspect that we attach to adoptive parents a lot Mm. and how that affects the child and how I don't ever want Arlo to see people saying to me, you're so amazing for what you did Mm. or how wonderful that you did this. I could never do that. I could never adopt. I could never open up my heart to... To someone who was not biologically mine, or to this, or to that, and I think people mean really well when they say that. But what you have to think from the adoptive adopted child's standpoint is now they're seeing their parents as, oh, did they do me a favor? Did they quote, rescue me? Or did they do I owe them something? Hmm. And that's true at all and I don't ever want Arlo to want and we're still working on our answers to those questions so that we feel really comfortable with that but we never want Arlo to think that he owes us anything or that to see people thanking us for what we did we became parents just like they became parents Mm -hmm. um, because we felt like we had love to give just like we would have love to give to a biological child and 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 that's it we don't you know i think hopefully i'm making sense but i'm trying Mm -hmm. to detach that savior we saved somebody that aspect from adoption
0: that's really powerful yeah Yeah. no that makes a lot of sense and i've never really heard it articulated like that but i have felt that sentiment from some stories that i've i've heard um you know whether it's like somebody commenting on our things and I think that's really important to be aware of. I do want my kids to feel like they owe me. So that's where we're different, (laughs) Kelly. No. (laughs) I think that is a really marvelous statement. um, And I think those are such helpful tips. And unless you're a podcast host and you get to ask all these questions for you. But um, I think letting the person lead and, and, you know, letting them determine what they want to share. um, and. And being okay with with limitations and boundaries around stories. That's just fine, right? Oh, man. So, so good. Thank you for sharing all that. I know everyone that that loves you, who's followed along in your journey and has rooted for you, just does love hearing this victory story at the end <laughs> and, and watching you grow your family. It's just really beautiful. And for people that don't know you and are hearing this adoption story, I mean, it's just a beautiful testament to love and, and commitment to, to family. It's beautiful, thank you. Well, I always ask my guests just three final questions and right. this, is, this is it, Kelly. What would you say your purpose is in life?
1: I think my purpose is to share my story, to inspire people to be themselves, um, and to add a little more fun and joy and happiness into the everyday. Mm. Um, and of course, my bigger, I feel like my number one purpose in life was to be a mom. But I think now that I have gone on this journey and, you know, gained that title in my life, that I am now able to share my story and my family's story to inspire other people to do those things to go on these journeys that might be hard but to see the light and the fun and the happiness in them and to really focus on staying true to themselves and and just bringing that that fun and happiness to their everyday.
0: you're doing it you're doing it (laughs) love it what makes you smile kelly you smile a lot but is there something that really just lights you up
1: I mean, besides Arlo, <laughs> um, oh gosh, he really, I mean, nothing has made me smile like that child, he is just so fun, we just have such a blast with him and especially, I would say the thing that makes me smile the most is just singing and dancing with him. We just have so much fun together. Most recently, he has learned part of Do Re Mi from mm-hmm. um sound sound music. Music, yes. and now he just will randomly sing it in the back of the car, and it is just too funny. I saw a quote the other day. I think it might have been Drew Barrymore that said it or something, but she said something like, I love that now as a mom, I wake up every day, and my sole goal in the day is to make my child smile. Mm. Like, what, a go- what an amazing thing to wake up and do and have that be your goal for the day, is to just, like, crack a smile out of a child. I,
0: I love just think that.
1: that, I thought that was really great.
0: I love that. And when he plays hide and seek in plain oh sight, when he just <laughs> simply covers his face, and you play Where's Arlo, and he just <laughs> thinks he's invisible. For that moment, yeah. where'd he go? So, if so people funny. need to follow along at Studio DIY uh, for your Insta stories of Where's Arlo? Because literally every time, so, he's shocked every time you can't find him. <laughs> so
1: funny. He loves to hide himself. He loves to hide everything in our house. <laughs> um, it's just
0: the so funniest kid. Oh, man. Well, and the final question, Kelly, is based off our title of Everyday Extraordinary. So many people believe they're nothing but ordinary people they're just a mom they're just a worker they're just a wife like it's so limiting the way we view ourselves these days and one of my goals of this podcast is to help identify and celebrate the guests that i have on about how extraordinary they are but also that the listener can identify the extraordinary aspects of themselves because we believe that we are unique contributors that can show up in the world in a way that nobody else can we can impact so many more people and we can be so much happier when we just believe it. Because it's true. It's true. So, I want you to tell me one thing that makes you extraordinary, Kelly.
1: Ooh. One thing that makes me extraordinary. I, I think, like you said, everybody attaches... Everybody thinks that to be extraordinary you have to do some, like out of this world, crazy, amazing thing. And I think um, the fact that I have been able to just take some of the hardships I've been dealt, whether it was cancer, or infertility, or navigating this adoption journey, or the pains of growing a business, and I've been able to just simply, I don't even want to say overcome them, but just work work through them and get through them and share my story of getting through those and over those hurdles and still on that journey. I feel like there's never an end to any, you know, any battle or hardship. It's a constant journey. And I think just the fact that I've been able to power through some of those hardships and share about them and open myself up in hopes of, of helping someone else feel not so alone um, has been something that, I don't know, is it extraordinary? It is.
0: <laughs> it is. And when you believe it, and, and sometimes we see those types of things in ourself and we think, yeah, but it's just, it's just me. It just is what it is, you know. Yep. But when you deem it extraordinary and unique and valuable, you can do something with it. And that is where impact comes, and you are doing that. I think you – I just adore you, Kelly. I just think you're so extraordinary in so many ways, and I'm so grateful in your willingness to show up just as you are and contribute because you're making a difference.
1: Thank you. And
0: you're Arlo's mom. (laughs) And that's pretty awesome, awesome too. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time, Kelly. You're amazing.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Wasn't that just such a marvelous conversation with Kelly? I loved getting to know her better and for her willingness to share. And I mean, it's funny when I say, you know, what things shouldn't people ask? And it's literally the same questions that I'm asking. (laughs) But the purpose of me asking these questions is so that you get the answers that you might be wondering, but then also it provides a safe place for them to share the things that are on their heart that may not be appropriate in a larger group setting or they may not want to share publicly. So I am always very mindful of the questions that I ask and I clear things with them ahead of time just so you know um, because I don't want them to share anything that they're not comfortable with for sure. Um, but that was that just made me crack up um, after on the heels of literally asking the questions that she's like, yeah, you're not going to want to ask that. <laughs> She is so wonderful. Her husband is so supportive and just such a great guy as well. Arlo is so sweet, and I can't wait to see what is next for their family. So pictures of their family, how to find Kelly online, it's all linked over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Dalquist 3 or at Everyday Extraordinary Podcast. I love to hear how you're loving these shows and how they're impacting you. And if this resonated with you and you'd like to share the episode, I would just love that. Be sure to tag me so I can personally say thank you. Alrighty, everybody. I hope you have the most wonderful week. And I'll see you next week for another extraordinary episode. Bye.